بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹونائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی تھرڈ آف مارچ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو And I've reached halfway through the first verse and the verse continues in translation. But animals of the chase are forbidden whilst you are in the sacred precincts or in pilgrim garb. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does command according to His will and plan. So the concluding part of verse 1, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning that when you are in the holy city, the haram, And also, if you're in Ihram, you are forbidden i.e. to chase animals, i.e. In, in the sense of hunting. So both in the Haram and in a pilgrim state. So now, Mufti Shafi, he makes a very interesting point. In Ma'arifu quran volume 3, page 25, he states, The Creator and Master, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has made all these life forms, is also the one who was formulated in his perfect wisdom and insight, the law that the lower form shall be the sustenance of the higher. The soil of the earth is food for the trees, and trees are food for animals, and animals are food for human beings. There is no higher form of creation in this world Therefore, human beings cannot become food for anyone. So, Mufti Shafi, he says, this is how Allah has created the system. The lower form is sustenance for the higher. So, the soil is sustenance for the trees. Nobody argues over that. The trees are sustenance for animals. Nobody argues over that. Then animals, therefore, becomes food for human beings. This is where the argument lies. Vegetarians and the rest of it. It's a system Allah has placed. We are the highest of creation, therefore we are not the food for anybody, said Mufti Shafi. <laughs> so he makes this point here, after concluding verse 1. Verse 2. O you who believe, violate not the sanctity of the symbols of Allah. So in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he recited this portion. And he said, Sha'a'irillah are the rituals of Hajj. So when Allah the Almighty and Lordy says, do not, vi- do not violate the, the symbols of Allah. It means do not violate the rituals of Hajj. In another report in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Mujahid Rahmatullah said, Safa and Marwa and the sacrificial animals are Sha'a'irillah. So Safa and Marwa mentioned in the Quran, Inna Safa wal Marwata min Sha'a'irillah and the animals to sacrifice, these are the symbols of Allah, meaning honor them. So note, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning what needs to be honored. The verse continues. Know of the sacred month. Know of the animals brought for sacrifice. Know the garlands that mark out such animals. Nor the people resorting to the sacred house, seeking of the bounty and good pleasure of their Lord. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning all of this is forbidden to you. I honor them. So there's a few reports. 
In Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Mujahid, he recited this portion of verse 2, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَبْتَهُونَ فَضْلًا مِّن رَبِّهِمْ Seeking the bounty and the pleasure of their Lord. What does this mean? Mujahid said, it refers to trading. So when Allah the Almighty and Glorious said, seeking the bounty, it means during Hajj, you are allowed to trade. There is no harm in this. In Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Ibn Abbas recited this portion of verse 2, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ridwana, seeking the good pleasure of their Lord. He explained, meaning, seeking Allah's pleasure by their Hajj. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that this is the purpose, one of the purposes to please our Lord, to make him content over the Hajj. And now there's a reason that this verse was revealed. So looking at the relevant part of verse 2. So where Allah Ta'ala says, Nor the people resorting to the sacred house, seeking the bounty and good pleasure of their Lord, do not dishonor them. So who's being referred to? So there's two reports. In Ibn Jadid and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Ikrimah and many others, Rahimahumullah, they said, Al-Hutam ibn Hind al-Bakri, he had raided the cattle belonging to the people belonging to Al-Madina. So, stop in the report. So there was a man called Al-Hutam and he basically raided some of the livestock of the Ansar. The following year, this same man wanted to perform Umrah to the house. Though some of the companions, they wanted to attack him on the way to the house. Those Allah Ta'ala revealed this portion. Nor the people resorting to the sacred house, seeking the bounty and good pleasure of their Lord. So think about that. This man, had taken some of their cattle. The next year, he was wanting to do Umrah. So the Sahaba thought, we're going to get him. Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse saying, no, because he's coming to, to the house. So you must not do this. And also there's another detail. So this narration is in Ibn Jarir in his tafsir. Ikrimah, he said, Al-Hatam Ibn Hind Al-Bakri, the same man, he came to Al-Madina driving camels, which were loaded with food that he sold. Then he went to Rasulullah and embraced his Islam. So what happened? This same man, this is another report. He's come and done business in Al-Madinah. And then he embraced his Islam. But when Al-Hatam was leaving, Rasulullah looked at him وسلم, and said to the present, he has come to me having the face of a treacherous one. And he has left me having the back of a treacherous one. <laughs> Meaning, he's not sincere and is embracing Islam. Then the report continues. When he came to Al-Yamama, he apostatized. He headed towards Makkah, leading camels which were loaded with food during the month of Zulqa'da. So what's happened? He's doing his business in Al-Madina and he embraces Islam. So what was the kind of his, his wisdom in doing that? He thought, I'll make a killing. <laughs> I'm a new person who's embraced Islam. They'll show compassion to me. And then he wasn't even a Muslim. The Prophet goes treacherous, he's leaving treacherous. When he actually leaves, he apostatizes, as is but obvious. The previous report says, he then stole, attacked some of the cattle of the Ansar. So he's now left, he's apostatized, he's also a wanted man 
for raiding the, the livestock. Then it says, he's heading towards Makkah, leading camels loaded with food during the month of Zulqa'dah. On hearing about this, a group of the companions from the Muhajirun Ansar, they prepared to capture him with his camels. Upon which Allah Ta'ala revealed this portion. Nor the people resorting to the sacred house seeking the bounty and pleasure of their Lord. So look how shocking this is. He wasn't a Muslim. He's doing a Jahiliya Hajj or Umrah. Even in that wretched state, because he's coming to the house, Allah Ta'ala was don't dishonor him. So now question. If Allah Ta'ala said that about the kuffar going to Makkah, don't mess with them. Then what about those who are doing there for the proper hajj? So Lord, this portion was revealed due to the incident. The verse continues. But when you are clear of the haram and of pilgrim garb, you may hunt. And let not hatred of some people in shooting you out of the holy masjid lead you to transgression on, on your part. Help one another in bir and taqwa. Do not aid one another in ithm and udwan. Fear Allah. For Allah Ta'ala is strict in punishment. So there's a report. In Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Zayd Ibn Aslam, he said, Rahmatullah, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions, Radiyallahu Ta'ala were in the area of Al-Hudaybiyah when the idolaters prevented them from visiting the Kaaba. And that was hard upon them. Later on, some idolaters passed by them from the east, intending to perform Umrah. So the companions of Rasulullah said, We will prevent them just as they prevented us. Upon this, Allah revealed this portion. And let not the hatred of some people in shooting you out of the masjid lead you to transgression. Help one another in bir and taqwa. Subhanallah. So this is another incident. Now you think this would be logical. They stopped them at Hudaybiyah. So now we're not going to let them do Umrah. And Allah was don't stop them. Because don't aid in transgression. So now, there's a point here. Passing from the immediate event to the general principle, we must not retaliate or return evil for evil. The hatred of the wicked does not justify hostility on our part. We have to help each other in righteousness and piety, not in perpetuating feuds of hatred and enmity. We may have to fight and put down evil, but never in a spirit of malice or hatred, but always in a spirit of justice and righteousness. Meaning, we set the standard. We don't equate their evil with, you know, we, they did it to us, we're going to do it to them. Because we have a higher level, a higher plane that we're supposed to be focusing upon. So now there's another point here. So Hafiz Baydawi, in his commentary, look what he said, something fascinating. This applies to justice in dealing with unbelievers, which I've explained. Can you have any idea of what it means to deal justly with the believers? So what Hafiz Baydawi is saying is, my God, because if Allah Ta'ala is telling you, all back against those kuffar who have been unjust to you. And you're doing oppression to the believers because Hafiz Baydawi goes, because you don't realize how great that crime is. You can work here from what Allah Ta'ala is mentioning here. 
Sufyan ibn Uyina rahmatullahi he recited this portion help another one another in bir and taqwa he explained act by it call to it assist in it and guide to it subhanallah this is in abu nu'aym al-hilya 7-284 so allah ta'ala gives the command help each other to bir and taqwa what does that mean sufyan ibn ujina tabatabin because he means four things act upon this command number two call to this command number three assist in applying the command and four guide to it <laughs> which one of us have even got one of those commands <laughs> because that's what Allah Ta'ala is you know wanting us to do but then it says but help not one another in ithm and udwan <laughs> so these are terms so what does Allah Ta'ala say help one another to bir and taqwa <laughs> do not help one another to ithm and udwan so what are these terms? So first the reports. In Sayyid Muslim, our beloved Messenger وسلم, he said, Bir is good manners. And Itham is that which weaves evil thoughts in your heart. And you hate that people would know about it. So this is one explanation. Bir is good manners. Itham is what wrangles your heart. A second report. In Imam Ahmad's Musnad Darimi graded Hassan in Sahih ut Talgib number 1784. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya check your heart and check yourself. He said this three times. Bir is that which pacifies the soul and comforts the heart. And Itham is that which weaves evil thoughts in the heart and echoes in the breast. Even if the people keep advising you differently. So even if a person gives you fatwa, you're still not happy with it. Because that's what you've got to be careful of. That's the gift Allah has given you. Because that is ithm. So what else do we know? Hafiz ibn Qayyim, he gave a beautiful clarification. So Hafiz ibn Qayyim, in his Ar-Risalat Al-Tabuqiyah, page 12, he said, The difference between ithm and udwan is that ithm refers to deeds that are prohibited in themselves from the onset such as adultery drinking liquor and stealing udwan on the other hand refers to deeds that exceed the limits set by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such as marrying a fifth wife or demanding more than one's right hand right sorry one's right in blood ransom a man wrongs you by, for instance, like I said, by 10 pounds, so you want to retaliate by 20 pounds. This is Udwan. So all of these are helping to explain these terms. So Allah is saying, help one another in Bir and Taqwa, but do not help one another in Itham and Udwan. So let's put this into a nutshell. So what is Bir? So Allah is commanding us, help each other in Bir. Bir refers to good manners. So help each other to good manners. It refers to what comforts the heart. So get that quality. You know when somebody says something and it doesn't settle, that's a good thing. It's a, the bir, that is also bir. Also it refers to Surah 2 verse 177. So looking at that very briefly, Surah 2 verse 177. Allah Ta'ala mentions there, 
It is not birr that you face your towards the east or the west, but this is birr. And what does Allah Ta'ala say birr is? He mentions the articles, believe in Allah, the last day, the angels, the book, the messengers. Then he says, spend of your rizq out of love for your kin, orphans, needy, wayfarer, those who ask, ransom the slaves, be steadfast in salat, give the zakat, fulfill contracts what you have made, be firm and patient in suffering and also throughout periods of panic. Such are the muttaqeen. So this is also the Quran is mentioning. So in a nutshell, Allah Ta'ala is telling us in Surah 5 verse 2, help each other to birr. Birr is, all I've mentioned, good manners, comforting the heart, focusing on the blessed pillars, spending your substance on good causes, patience, etc. What is ithm? So Allah Ta'ala says, oh sorry, what is taqwa? So Allah Ta'ala says, help each other in birr and taqwa. So this is what taqwa is. In Ibn al-Mubarak in his Zuhd, Abu Nu'im al-Hilya, Ibn, uh, Ibn Abi Shayba, and Shaykh al-Bani, authenticates it. Talaq Ibn Habib, one of the, one of the Salaf, he said, Taqwa is an act of obedience to Allah, number one, with light from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, number two, seeking the reward of Allah, number three, and to avoid disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the light from Allah, fearing Allah the last punishment. So this is the definition of taqwa. <coughs> so if you have number one, it's, it's an act of obedience to Allah with iman and seeking reward, that is taqwa. So can a person without iman have taqwa? No. Because one of the conditions is not there. Iman expecting a reward under the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the opposite is also true keeping out of the haram <coughs> so this is taqwa then it says do not help one another to ithm so I've mentioned the reports what is ithm ithm is what rankles the heart even if people say otherwise somebody gives you fatwa and you go and not, you're not happy with it <laughs> Allah Ta'ala says, that is ithm. Because do not say to the person, ignore that. Right? Because that makes it ithm. Right? It's a gift Allah Ta'ala has given. Secondly, it is haram deeds per se. So anything which is haram, deeds are ithm. Because do not help one another to that. What is udwan? What did I mention? Hafiz ibn Qayyim said, udwan is exceeding the commands of Allah. Wanting a fifth wife, demanding more from your, you know, with your rights. That is what one because do not help with regards to this. And what does Allah Taala say at the end? Allah, fear Allah. Inna Allah shadidul iqab. For Allah Taala is strict in punishment. Shadidul iqab meaning, do not, you know, perpetrate these crimes. Otherwise, He may take you to task. So why is it fascinating that Allah Taala gives those divine commands? After mentioning not to attack the unbelievers who are going to do Umrah. Because if we're not even allowed to do it against them, tit for tat as they say, then Allah Ta'ala is telling you amongst yourselves you should be even more fearful. Right? So note again, the divine commands 
mentioned in this blessed verse. So I'll recite the passage and we will conclude. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم غير محل الصيد وانتم حرم ان الله يحكم ما يريد يا ايها الذين امنوا لا تحلوا شعائر الله ولا الشهر الحرام ولا الهدي ولا القلائد ولا من البيت الحرام يبدهون فضلا من ربهم ورضوانا واذا حللتم فاصطادوا ولا يجرمنكم شنان قوم ان صدوكم من المسجد الحرام ان تعتدوا وتعاونوا على البر والتقوى ولا تعاونوا على الاثم والعدوان واتقوا الله I just to add this before wrapping up I mentioned a report yesterday where one of the righteous predecessors he said this surah was revealed during three journeys Hudaybiyah the conquest of Makkah and the last Hajj so this incident which I mentioned today was indicating is Hudaybiyah so note what the sheikh was mentioning seems to be correct Allah the last revealed it all during the journey to the holy city of Rasulullah and he was performing the Hajj or the Umrah but on different occasions. We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes the Quran the Rabbi of our hearts. We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he forgives me for any others which I may have been a dirty good.